0: Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm gonna show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with Team Lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor. Yeah, man. Vinny.
1: It's been great to be here. Excited to uh, to dive in. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I love your story about the
0: idea, and we're gonna get into it. we're gonna get into all of the good stuff for for everyone out there, uh, and the idea that. Maybe sometimes we teach stuff that maybe we don't take on ourself. Uh yeah. And I see that on, I mean, it, it, being in the real estate field, I see so many people that they have just papers and papers and not really sure how everything lines up. And then once they're trying to buy a house, they're like, okay, I got to figure out how to do this. I got to figure out this. Got to make the numbers look. So I think a lot of us out there, we might have the knowledge yet how we implement that is kind of the next step, I guess, of it all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Chris. So, what's your elevator pitch? If someone asked you, Chris, uh, what do you do? How would you describe yourself?
1: I uh, me, my, my company. We we teach people how money works and and really how money really works. And you know, my purpose on this plan is to help free people free themselves mentally and financially, so they can live an amazing life. So, you know, two sides of that is mindset and the how tos and I think everybody gets stuck in the how-tos and they avoid the mindset. So I'm a golfer, albeit very average. And I ask people, you know, what's more important, the golf swing or the golf club? Well, it's the swing, unfortunately, which is why I'm still average, because I'm always looking for the club that's gonna fix everything. So the swing to me is really what goes on between the six inches between our ears. And uh, that has to get dialed in, whether it's your health, your wealth, You know, you name it, relationships. And uh, it's the one thing that people avoid. So I uh, I combine both the golf club and the golf swing. What would you say the percentage of people that are uh,
0: in debt, I guess? What percentage of uh, the U.S. population?
1: Um, You know, I I don't know if it's in debt. The the way we look at it is we, we think that financial illiteracy is the number one economic problem in the United States. Mm. And it's the fact that people don't know how money works. So we don't learn this stuff in schools. Uh, My industry mainly is very conflicted because uh, Vinny, the less you know about money, the more money they make. Mm. And so, um, so basically the pandemic taught us that people are massively financially illiterate and they suffer what I call the sucker cycle. So the money comes in, the money blows out. So it's more of that. And really the number that has kept me in this game for the last 23 years is 96% of Americans retire broke. So we live in the richest country on the planet and people are broke. Why is that? There's not a lack of information. It's there's a mindset challenge. There's a mindset problem. There's a paradigm around money and wealth that uh, I've taken it on as my mission to uh, help uh, free as many people as I can. Uh, before I depart this planet. So it's uh it's more financial literacy than debt. Debt is a debt is this is the symptom um, of it. The root is people don't know how money works.
0: Well let's talk about the young Chris. Who who was the young Chris? Did he at least have
1: an idea of how money worked? <clears throat> no, I mean my uh you know my my parents you know they 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 were told you know it's it's just it, and it's uh this is one of the most amazing quotes. I, I took it from a gal named Margaret Lynch. She wrote a book called Tapping Into Wealth. It's one of the best wealth books you can ever ever create. And she said, um, the biggest determination of your financial success is the vows that you make to gain acceptance into your family at a young age. Mm, yeah. So we kind of buy the BS. And so what happens and what happened in my family, Vinny, is literally generations of beliefs around money just get handed down from generation to generation and nobody ever really questions it. So my parents told me rich people are, are crooks. <laughs> they make money on the backs of poor people. Money won't make you happy. you know. Anyway, so mm-hmm. so you get that and then you get programmed by society that wealthy people are not good. So no, my parents died broke. Um, and I was educated, accountant, CPA, and, you know, thought I was a pretty smart guy. But why am I in so much freaking debt? And it's just, you know, why am I not able to save? Why, you know, I know what to do, but why am I not doing it? So, no, I did not have a clue and my belief systems are, they weren't lined up. It's like, it's why 90% of lottery winners are dead broker in jail inside of 10 years right athletes get these big you know hundreds of millions of dollars and they're broke inside of you know 10 15 years and everyone's like well they're, they're stupid no they're they're not stupid their unconscious beliefs unless there's an upgrade like a cell phone upgrade unless they do an upgrade they're not going to hold on to their wealth and that that's what was happening to me you know until about 2008 in when do you start when you left, when
0: you left school, when did you actually start? Uh, I guess jumping in the, the CPA business, and the accounting business.
1: Well, that, that's yeah, right out right out of college. So I spent I spent seven years with a, a large, uh, the largest accounting firm in the world uh, for seven years, and then and then uh, moonlighted doing what I do now. This was late '90s. I'm getting old, man. I just turned fifty. Um, uh, late 90s early 2000s i was i was moonlighting in the late 90s doing what i do now and then left corporate america behind and fired my boss in uh february 2000 so 22 years ago i walked out never looked back so okay so 2000 is when you went on your own and kind of
0: built your business 2008 is when you kind of had the financial kind of crisis correct yeah for yourself okay yeah. so walk us through those those 8 years i mean how was being on your own, the process of kind of starting your own business, how did that work out?
1: Well, I mean, it's, um, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do. Right. And, um, and especially, I mean, you can think about I'm a financial services entrepreneur, 2000, 2008. I mean, that's not necessarily the greatest time to get rocking and rolling. Right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of lessons there. Um, you know, a lot of mistakes that I made, I, I, I had, you know, a bad relationship with money, which I find a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, they work 70, 80, 90 hours a week, but they have nothing to show for it because of their money mindset. And they, they, just, they just make bad financial decisions. And that was me. Um, but was, go ahead. Was it the
0: individual? Was it the individual Chris or the company that was making the bad decision because sometimes I think, as a business, why we don't charge enough to actually to say, "Hey, we need to, we need this much money so we can actually grow and expand." Other ones, we're charging enough, we have the in, in the business, yet we're spending our stuff personally on things that we really don't need. So, where was the 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 disconnect? Where was the negativity around money? Was it the company or was it the individual?
1: No, I mean, my, my platform's neutral. I mean, they, they okay. had nothing to do with it, right? So it's okay. it's 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 almost never the company; it's always us, right? So no, it was it was it was me. Absolutely, for sure.
0: Yeah. Now you're you're growing and you're expanding. I mean, how was that process of expansion? I mean, were you getting business from the start when you were going on your own? Was the money flowing? What was that process like? What was that?
1: Um. No, I mean, I, I, you know, I, uh, I had, uh, you know, it's what I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs about. And I mean, everyone hears it. You're why you're this, you're that, but, you know, I had pretty big, compelling emotional reasons to, to make it work. And and part of it was just, I, I, I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it and I wanted to prove others wrong. And so, you know, you, you, your purpose and your why transforms over time. Mm-hmm. I was a single guy at the time. Right. And so, um, I didn't have the family that that wasn't necessarily a why for me then, but it was, you know, I got to make this work. I got to prove I can do it. And I got, I got to prove others wrong. Cause I had a lot of people talking in my ear about how stupid, you know, the decision was because I was, I left, you know, pretty cushy uh, track um, where I was and where I was going go to go to, to, do this. So I had I uh, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Horrible sales. Um, I spent more time talking people out of doing business with me than than doing you're know, doing not doing business with me than talking them into doing business with me. Um, but I was just, you know, I was in action mode and I was in prospecting mode. And once again, I had a tremendous amount of desire to uh, to make it work. And um, so I have lots of shortcomings and shortfalls, um, but my follow up is impeccable. So uh, a lot of entrepreneurs suck at follow up. They're like great at prospecting, and they just kind of lose, you know, the the business. They 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 die the death of a thousand cuts in their business. And one of them is they just they just don't follow up, and they don't plan very well. And we could do a whole nother episode on planning and what that looks like. And how to be a world class planner and prepare yourself for success. But so I had I had those things in, in me, Vinny. I had um, you know, I still have crazy ass follow up. Um, and it's it's served me very well. You're so you're growing, you're
0: expanding, are you hiring on more people in that those first couple of years?
1: Yeah, yeah, I probably had 10, 15 agents in my agency. Yep. So. Okay. I'm, so I'm, I'm 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 doing personal client work and then I'm I'm building people at the same time and and still do that to to this day. Yep. Okay. Was there I mean
0: it sounds like the expansion the growth of it was all positive was there any moment where you thought about going back from when especially when people are talking in your ear why did you leave that cushy job did you ever think about actually going back to the cushy job
1: yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, I, I think, it, it, and I've been, I've been blessed to have just crazy, amazing world, like world-class phenomenal mentors around me. I, I got very, very fortunate. So, you know, I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they suffer from John Wayne syndrome. Um, you know, they're just, they're on their own. Um, they don't have mentoring. They don't have coaching. They don't reach out for mentoring or coaching. And, you know, one of my, favorite quotes that I got somewhere is, you know, left to our own devices, we either we either don't do anything or we make we make a mistake. Mm-hmm. So I've always had people around me, Vinny, that they could always see by my blind spots. So, you know, your, your ego's number one job is to keep you stuck and keep you right where you are. So I've, I've become a, a pretty good expert at my ego. And I've also become an expert at how I sabotage myself. And so I'm super aware of um, there's a term out there called metacognition. It's the ability to think about what you think about. And so I got really good at at, at that. And I recognized early the patterns of thinking that were leading me in the direction that I didn't really want to go. And that was just doubts and fears and all that. So I, I really learned to recognize those patterns and, had either, you know, fellow business partners around me, kind of at my level, or I had mentors that I would, I would call up and, you know, get perspective and find my blind spots. And so I don't, uh, I don't lose the battle of my brain too often. I, I reach out for help. And, uh, you know, I'm always looking for, for course correction on that. So I don't know if that answered your question or not. But, but yeah, of course, I mean, our, our ego is pretty strong. And it it does, its job is literally to keep you right flat where you are. So if you don't have systems and tools in place, people to reach out when you're not feeling well about stuff, then that's what can take you totally out of the entrepreneurial game, which is sad to watch. It it sounds like you're very open with
0: your um, uh, success and shortcomings. How open were you with your team uh with those same topics
1: oh all the time i mean it's actually how i teach um it's 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 i i do i just did a keynote in dallas and it was my my talks are always you know (laughs) this is where i was these are the mistakes i made here's what i learned and here's where we ended up so that's the formula of how i train and teach is you know whatever you're going through, I went through it and I went through, not only did I go through it, but I, I, I probably screwed it up worse than you. Mm. And uh, so, you know, if there's any people that speak and teach out there, the worst thing you can do is stand up and act like you never had any bruises. You never got punched. Um, There's guys that teach that way. And it's just, they don't make any mistakes. And I want to, I want to always air my dirty laundry when I speak, um, just so people can learn. So for sure, always, always open to uh, share that stuff with people.
0: Well, let's, let's fast forward now. Now we're in 2008, you know, kind of walk us through what happened then.
1: Yeah. So I, um, so I got, I got married in 2000, um, and then, uh, had, uh, two awesome kids who are now, uh, 21 and 18. Oh. Let me let me jump over so, so you got married the same
0: window of time that you actually started your own company.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I started. I was I was part time for for you know uh, I was part time for a year, and I was, then I got full time, um, and then got married. You know, just going back, my initial reason why I wanted to get this going was just to prove that I could do it right and prove other people wrong. And then and then I added you know my wife, and then had a yeah. So I quit my corporate. Job, you know, got married, had a kid who's going to be 21 in, you know, three months. Um, yeah, just all this stuff came at me at once and, and just, you know, d- didn't have the best marriage. Um, we got, we actually got divorced in 2004, so I'm processing that. And then she, uh, she picked up and moved my kids to Atlanta, Georgia. So, I'm broke. I don't see my kids. Wasn't a good time. Um, Got, got, got remarried in 2006 to my current and last wife, Marlo. And, uh, and so, you know, so I had to pay for the divorce. I had to pay for half my business. I had to do all this stuff. I didn't fight. I just, I didn't want to fight in court. So overpaid in every area I was paying her about five grand a month in alimony and child support struggling. And at the time that I got married, I had about quarter of a million dollars of unsecured debt. Um, also signed a stupid office lease. I, I mean, it just, it just, once again, bad financial decision after another that I watched my dad do his whole life. So long and the short of it um, I'm searching for answers. And I'm getting heavy into personal growth and development because I I gotta grow and I gotta be super intentional about it. So I'm in my garage in Colorado in February. It's like 10 degrees today. It was about like that. And it's the only place I could go, Vinny, to actually meditate and, and being quiet because our house was just small and loud. And um, and I'm sitting there and I literally like get the download from God. And it's like let your wife manage your money because I was keeping her at bay because I didn't want her to look at what I'd done. She didn't know. She didn't know what was going on. So she had her own separate finances. I had mine and she wanted to merge and I just was fighting her on it. So literally the int- the intuitive hit came in. And I, I talked to people about it a lot is when you get that intuitive hit, you probably know Mel Robbins, right? I mean, Mel Robbins in the five-second rule, that, that wasn't around in 2008. But it, but you literally have five seconds to take action or your ego is going to talk you out of it. So I didn't know any of this stuff, but I got my butt up. I went in the house and I told her, it's your time to just take over. So I took action um, on Intuit and is the single greatest financial decision I ever made in my life. So handed all the checkbooks and everything over to her. And about a week later, she comes in the kitchen with just like this look of what the F did you do? Like, she's just like, what are you doing? Oh my God. Like you're using credit card checks to pay for our office rent. Like I just did. It was just unbelievable how stupid I was in the and It's just, just getting worse. So we had the, uh called the come to Marlow meeting, which was not pretty where we just sat down and she's like, we got to get on a budget we got to do this, 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 and this. And one of my favorite quotes is optimism and delusion sleep in the same bed together. Right. And, uh, and I was optimistic, but I was delusional. And I was like, well, you know, I got this new agent coming on. I got these new clients coming. And so it's always like, don't look, don't look here. Look, look way over here. Hmm. and the the terms called objective reality it's the capacity it's a world-class mentality it's the capacity to look at your situation unemotionally right and most people live in delusion the 96 percent that are broke they don't want to look at their situation because they don't want to feel bad Mm -hmm. but if you don't look at your situation it's just going to keep worse it's just going to get worse right so i was i was an ostrich Vinny, and i didn't want to look so That didn't land. And then fast forward about nine months later, we had to sell that house. We had to move into a rental and I was out of ways to get debt. I was out of, you know, and and I stopped doing what got me to where I was, which is one of the biggest mistakes people make. They build a business, they get to a certain level and then they they cool their jets and they, you know, they become we call big timing. Right. They act like big timers they stopped prospecting, they stopped doing what got them there. So I totally cooled my jets on that and just gave speeches and told everybody else what to do. Doesn't work very well. So I had to pay my ex five grand the next day. I had nothing. And the only person that had money was my wife. So this is fun when her and I reenacted on stage, but I'll, I'll, I'll save you the time, but I literally had to go home and convince my wife to give me the money to pay my ex wife. How do you think that went over? How, I mean,
0: how did you separate your work kind of life balance? So you're, I mean, to be as transparent as possible, kind of failing with your finances, right? Yet your your job is to help people with their finances. So how are you keeping the confidence when you're talking to someone? Hey, I'm going to help you out here. But in the back of your head, you know how much damage you've done to your own self.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, my, my, my confidence eroded a bit, but, you know, it's like the cobbler's kid has no shoes. So, I you know, I got in this business to to help people. So I still had the belief that me being in their lives is better than me not being in their lives. Hmm. Um, because. Because. People are financially literate. You know, I knew what to tell them to do, even though I wasn't personally doing it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I didn't have a problem with that just because I, I knew I brought value to the table. Um, but no, I, I had to clean up my personal example if we were going to go to the next level. There's No question about that. You got to have your personal example happening. When you're in the moment,
0: you, you brought up before about the idea of, uh of your coaching style your teaching style right where i was this i did this now i've done this and this is where i am yet when you're in the moment of all this stuff happening do you still teach that same way of telling people your current journey or do you wait until you've actually got through a little bit
1: well yeah i mean i'm not i'm I'm probably not talking about that situation because i still have to grow and pop out on the other side right so yeah there's probably no value, but having been in business, you know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, I, I had some, I had some achievements, I had some things that were positive. Right. So, um, you know, I mean, 80% of small business is only making the first two years. Right. So I was still eight years there. yeah. So there was still value there, but the value was, you know, maybe going back three or four years and helping people overcome, you know, those mistakes and those hurdles that got me to that point. Um, but you know, as I started getting epiphanies on mindset around money and started making some, you know, super positive changes and most importantly, you know, able to point to some results. You know, then I started teaching some of that, you know, even though we weren't through it yet, um, we were gaining traction. So and, and yeah. well, I think that's
0: the the, the difference between. I mean successful entrepreneurs and maybe not successful entrepreneurs i mean the successful entrepreneurs see how things are going wrong and they focus on that yet in your case right there you're focusing on the positive and then as positives come about learn those as kind of teaching you know to the people around you um what so what happens next so you're you're getting out there i mean when did the website come about when did I mean, all these classes start coming about and they speak and engage and start kind of coming about.
1: Well, uh, you know, from fr- from that point where I, you know, a- asked my wife for the money to pay my ex, I mean, that was the turning point. So, you know, she loses it and we just have like the fight, the fight of our of our you know, marriage. And I finally just ask her, you know, well, why are we still married? Because she just, you know, she made it sound like mm. it-, it was bad, right? It wasn't good. So, you know, then it was just crickets. It was silence. And then she went upstairs and then my turning point, and this is a message to everybody, is wherever you've had a problem in your life, you've always been there. And we are the common denominator of all our problems. Mm -hmm. And so what happened to me, Vinny, was I quit blaming my ex, I quit blaming the recession, I quit blaming my team, I quit blaming whatever. And it was the first time in my life I actually took 100 percent responsibility for my entire life. And, and it was clear as day that I'd created the whole freaking mess. Like clear as day. Like, I mean, I could look at my mar- my past marriage. And I'm like, she didn't have a chance. She didn't have a chance. I was expecting it not to work out, right? Because one of my one of my favorite quotes, my guys roll their eyes every time I say it. But I'm like, you don't get what you hope for. You get what you expect. And people hope positive, but don't expect much. And that's what was happening for me. So long and short of it. We, my wife and I came back the next day. This is answering your question where it all came from. And she's like, all right, we're staying together. We're not declaring bankruptcy. Um, we're not getting divorced. We're going to figure it out. And she said, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, um, I'm all in. Uh, I'm going to treat this whole money mindset, belief system stuff. Like an Olympic athlete treats their sport. I'm like, I'm all in. I'm up at four in the morning. I'm reading everything I can. I'm journaling. I'm, um, um, so I got psycho, man. I, I dove in and just remade my golf swing, so to speak, like just hmm. broke it down, figured out what dad told me. Mom told me this didn't serve me. You know, I got coaches. I mean, we, we could talk all I did. But but the, the key is I took massive action to transform myself. And then what she did is she got on planes, trains and automobiles and found. Um, wildly successful, you know, couples, entrepreneurs that build a business from scratch, got financially independent, but they had great marriages, great relationships, great spiritual life. I mean, gave a ton of money away, total world-class individuals. And she'd come back and said, well, hey, here's what they do, but here's how they think. And I'm like, well, okay. So I'm going to align my thought with that. And so, so we just collaborated and, you know, we, uh, we had a massive financial transformation, still jaw dropping to me to this day. And, you know, freed ourselves in the next five years, took our income up five times. I mean, it's just unbelievable what's happened. So from that, you know, we wrote our book, Couples Money, based on what we learned and what we applied. And we wrote that, you know, 11 years ago. So couplesmoney.com is where that is. There's different talks out there. But, yeah, so that's kind of where where we uh, where we cut our teeth and, and turned, uh, turned everything around. Is there any topic that or I mean that you've ever been
0: embarrassed about by any of your actions or is it always been that kind of mindset of being so open, even as a young kid?
1: Oh no. Young kid is all about, you know, my, my uh, one of my mentors, guy named Steve Siebold, who wrote a book called how rich people think mandatory reading, transform my life. Um, you know, and one of the topics he talks about is, um, the, the, the fact that people have approval addiction, um, and uh, it's a topic you guys can Google. What is approval addiction? It's, it's pretty, it, it's the addiction of the approval of other people is as strong as uh, they've done brain scans, Vinny. They've yeah. done brain scans on people. And uh, when someone's in full blown approval addiction, their brain looks identical to the person that has a heroin addiction. Oh, wow. Friggin powerful and was one of my major problems. So approval addiction, you know, back in the day, there's no way. I'm going to let people know about my dirty laundry, you know, if I'm trying to get their approval. So no, so I'm going to be fake, inauthentic, play a role full of crap. So no, that was, (laughs) that right there was a big chunk of my life, you know, until I finally started, I got to get real. I got to get real with, with, with uh, who I am and, and, uh, and then, you know, share with people. So hopefully help, hopefully helps them move their lives forward.
0: Where, where do you see yourself, your company
1: in the next five years from now? Um, you know, I mean, our, our, our company, um, I mean, I turned 50 in August and, um, and I I talked about it at this talk I did this Saturday. I, uh, it was actually the first time in my life I actually got in relationship with my mortality. It it just Mm. sounds weird. Like it was just and then I had a, a counterpart in the company I um, actually played a video of his wife. He went for, uh, in November. He went from uh, healthy to stroke to dead in seven days. Unbelievable. We we're same wow. age, dude, totally jacked with me hard. And uh, so, yeah, so I did this, I did this talk about, is it worth it? That, that was my whole talk. Has it been worth it? And is it worth it? Mm-hmm. And she, she had a video of her for about three and a half minutes of like how her husband and her, Put it all on the line and even though he's not here anymore you know the legacy and the blessings and and all that so um so for me it's it's what what struck me understanding i might not have all the time it's just it's just impact and in, in my quiet morning meditations and my morning routine it just hit me that okay let's impact 10 million plus people in a positive powerful way before you leave the planet so so 10 million is, is what's in my head Um, how that's coming about. Hopefully this is impactful. Um, our business is going to continue to grow. I think we'll, we'll get up to about a thousand agents spread out across the United States. That's the goal. Um, hopefully we, we help, you know, keep helping more and more people. Um, but I'm writing a book right now. That's it's kinda, you know, my journey and lessons and, uh, you know, so doing that and developing a keynote with that. So, um, I'm not sure, where it's all going. I just know that impact is, is my word and legacy's, you know, what's driving me. And I just, uh, you know, want to share this with as many people to hopefully help them and uh, hopefully live a long life, but uh, you know, hopefully it's not 10 million, hopefully it's a hundred million, but that, that's why I'm doing all this stuff. And, you know, people can follow me on social media and I'm, I'm dropping stuff every day on just this type of stuff that hopefully helps and serves people. So.
0: For for you to come okay, I mean come to reality with your own mortality, I mean it was due to someone near to you, I guess that that passed away. Do you think there's anything else like that you could have told yourself, you mean your past self that would have made you come come to mortality um pre- before that or no?
1: Um no, I mean I I, I think the past, the path, I mean, I'm a pretty spiritual guy, so you know that's um That's why people, I think, need to take time to get quiet, connect with God, whatever your relationship is there spiritually, um, wherever you believe in. But but, you know, you just you got to take time every morning to develop you and refine yourself. And so I I I don't I I, I think there's a path. I think there's a plan. I I think God has big plans for us and stuff unfolds the way it's supposed to unfold. So I, I think it's happening you know, exactly the way it's supposed to happen. And and I, you know, um, one of my uh, one of my uh, affirmations every morning is, you know, I I, I don't have to worry. I I mean, I trust the pattern of life. Right. Mm -hmm. So. uh, So, no, it's I think it's unfolding the way it's supposed to unfold. And I'm here today talking to you for a reason. And, uh, you know, just trust, trust all that. Take action and trust yourself. That's another thing many people don't do as entrepreneurs. They don't trust themselves and they, they they second guess but trust that inner voice trust that spirit in you and uh, and take action based on it And it usually works out okay well I'll finish off with this last question and
0: thank you chris for, for being here for for anyone listening right now i mean is there a a nugget that they should take away in their own financial space um so they could be better served in the next weeks months years going in the future
1: um i mean i, I think uh I mean, there's, there, there, there's a lot there. I, I mean, I think, you know, may, maybe a how-to is um, have, having a routine, um, you know, where you look at, you know, a number one goal. And what's always, what's always driven me is, you know, the doubling of my income. And and so and and it's what's what's funny is, as you grow and develop, it's really not about the money. It's it's about for me, money's just it's a scorecard of value that I'm creating. It's also a scorecard of what's going on with me mentally. So there when I say you make this amount of money, there's there's a certain amount of money that pops into people's heads. And that's a thermostat. Mm. So if you want to double, you got to do some work right internally to do that. Cause you know, I mean, if, if people I'm just using a hundred thousand, it's just, it's not very much money anymore, but, but at one point it was, but if someone's got a hundred thousand dollar thermostat and they're making 60 because and I'm talking about an entrepreneur, right. Mm. And their income drops, they level up activity and action to get to that level. And then I got guys that crush it and they'll make more in a month than they made in the prior six months and you can see the internal air conditioners, chill down. I can relax, I can breathe, all that. So you just, you, you gotta do the work to start seeing yourself in higher income ranges. And, um, and so the, the key is if it's a double, then you wanna figure out what that looks like in a quarter. But really the key is, what do you need to do to generate that ideal income in a, on a weekly basis? It's it's really powerful. Because if you can start seeing that bigger income weekly in your mind's eye, you're you're starting to change that income thermostat. You have to see yourself more successful first. That's the problem. Everybody is where they are because that's exactly where they see themselves. It's, it's exactly what they expect. So once again, you don't get what you hope for, you get what you expect. So expect bigger income. And the last thing is track your net worth, you got to track your net worth, you got to know where your net worth is. And uh, most people do not know what their net worth is. And I don't care if it's $2, you got to start tracking it.
0: There's a, a, a technique we use um, for our team is to, to raise your financial thermostat is start looking where you'd spend the money oh. if you got it. So every day, double it. Okay, what would you do with $1,000? Then next day, 2000 4000 so on and so forth. Um, but it, 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 I mean, it can get difficult once you go past basically your financial thermostat to see where you would spend that money. And for other people, it's a breeze. They have it down. So, I mean, for anyone listening right there, um, I mean, assess what your financial thermostat is. What you make is you're probably, I mean, you're more than likely making that right now. Thank you, Chris, uh, yep. for being here for sure. people listening i know you've already talked about your web uh, website i mean what's the best platform for people reach out to you and get more information is it the website what what platform
1: um yeah i mean it's so couplesmoney.com our, our books out there um uh chris.felden at wealthwave.com. but but actually instagram is is where i'm posting every day and it's uh, a cf um, for my name chris Felton, cf underscore um e the number two E. So E to E is part of my mission. I want to, I want to turn people from being employees to entrepreneurs. So CF underscore E to E. So it's all, it's all this stuff. Um, I post five days a week and it's usually, you know, mindset how to's. I mean, there's just a bunch of stuff um, out there. Videos, just, just, just part of my purpose, man. I just want to guide people and, give them some stuff that's going to make an impact in their life. So, so Instagram is probably the best way to find me. Well, thank you again, Chris,
0: for being here. I mean, for anyone listening right now, it doesn't matter where you are today. You can be wherever you want in one year, two years, three years, five years. I mean, I I've talked to so many people, especially being in the real estate field out here in, in San Diego. Oh, I can never buy a house. I can never do that. Yeah. You could, you just got to do those small changes, make those small changes. Follow Chris, follow someone like Chris, put that game plan in place because, I mean, tomorrow, the next day, you can be wherever you want to be. Thank you again uh, for, for listening. Go follow Chris and subscribe, share. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.